Hi, I'm Dr. Sabrina Black, and welcome to Mental Health Monday. This is part two, and right now we're talking about domestic violence. If you have been following us, you know that right now my goal is to give you some tips and some strategies on things you can do to help you in this situation. Now, if you watch me, you know my number, right? My number is eight. So we wanna talk about eight things that you can do or eight things you need to be prepared to handle if you are dealing with a domestic violence situation. In part one, we talked about the cycle of abuse. We talked about the tension buildup and the incident or the outbreak of whatever it is that happens when there is some type of domestic violence. We talked about the reconciliation phase and the calm before the storm. You need to know that this entire cycle is designed to keep you off balance, to keep you off course so that you don't know what's happening to you. It's to make you think that you've lost your mind. And we know that is not the case. So, so what incites this? How does this happen? And you realize that it's not you. It's something going on on the inside of that person. Because anything that annoys them, threatens them, scares them, hurries them, challenges them, frustrates them, discourages them, whatever it is, could be a potential trigger for that individual. And again, that's not about you. When you are going through domestic violence, it impacts you physically, emotionally, spiritually, financially, sexually, relationally, it impacts every area of your life. And so our goal is to help you remove the weight of shame, remove the weight of guilt, to remove the fear, and to remove the helplessness. When we ended part one, Sherry was saying how she hid the money and her documents in the backyard in a hole. And I know people are saying, well, why does she stay anyway? Why would anybody stay in a situation like that? And you need to know there are eight reasons. Remember, eight's the number. Eight reasons that a woman would stay. One of the reasons is fear. It's fear of what would happen if I almost get away and don't get away. Will things be worse than they were if I'd have just stayed? It's the fear of being hunted down and killed. So she stays because of fear. Sometimes she stays simply because of love. He's not bad or she's not bad all the time. And they really do love that person. They took a vow to be with them to death do they part. They just don't need to die in the process. But they love the person, so they want to be there with them. They stay because of commitment. That's the fourth reason. They stay because of commitment. They made a commitment to this person. They took a vow before God and the company of witnesses, and they want to honor that vow. They made a vow to make sure that their children had a mother or father, and they were in a two-parent household. They took a commitment, and they want to see that commitment carried out. They stay because of perception. And that may be the perception of family and friends. What are people gonna say? What are my good church folks gonna say when they find out that I'm in this bad situation and I may possibly be getting divorced? Or the worst case, at least separated. But it's the perception. Right. The perception of you can't handle your marriage, you can't make her happy, you can't keep your man. Those kinds of things, that guilt and that shame that we put on people, that's why they stay. And they also stay because of lack of resources. Maybe they don't have employment. Maybe they don't have money in the bank. Maybe like Sherry, they don't have access to the income. And so they have to try to hide a dollar or two at a time. They don't have the spiritual strength or the wisdom or discernment. And sometimes it's simply because they don't have a community. And so women stay or men stay for a lot of different reasons. But we talked before about how domestic violence is not about anger, but it's about power and control. And we talked about the power and control wheel. It's power and control that makes a person stay. It's that intimidation, that coercion, that economic abuse. It's all of those things. It's the threats that people live with, power and control.
Now, you look at that power and control wheel, and you can find that online in any number of places. And you may want to pull that up and look at it and say, am I dealing with some of these things? But if you know you're in a bad situation, and your heart is broken, and you're terrified, and you have a difficult time even sleeping at night, and you know you need to get away. I want to have Lisa share some ideas of what you can do. And, and if you missed part one, just so you know, my guest today, as we talk about mental health issues on Mental Health Monday, is Lisa Lloyd, who is from Hidden Treasures. And we also have yes. Sherry Ware, who is from Still Standing. So Lisa, if you could talk about the plan that women need to have in place and give us at least eight things they need to do to be prepared to escape. Okay, so... Um being prepared to leave or have that safety plan or that safety route is making sure that you have all your personal things for you and your children put in place. So let's look at some of those things. Um, a change of clothes, um, license and IDs, social security numbers, or the, the, definitely the cards, um, birth certificates for yourself and your children, and any school records that you have for your children. Those are wonderful things that you could put in, like Ms. Sherry said earlier, a plastic bag and put it somewhere safe that you know that he's not gonna look or she's not gonna find it. So you're gonna have it put in, put aside for that, that escape route. Safety planning is sometimes, some, it, it, it's a process. It's, it's something that you take time and plan of what I'm going to do in this situation and come to the reality of what might take place next. Um, safety planning is also making sure that you do not leave that, that trail because if he come back looking for you or wants to hunt you or looking for the children or whatever, you need that paper trail. Uh, and, and just to piggyback a little bit more, if there's any order of protections or a paper trail of order protections, you need all those copies. So if you do get stopped or if something do happens or whatever, you have that information of why, you know, you had to take these measures so that the, the state or the police department or whomever can also protect you. Mm -hmm. One of the things I want to add is as uh, Lisa's talking about the safety plan and things you need to have in place as you prepare to go, keep in mind that you do not, and let me repeat, you do not want to cross state lines with the children because do you not. don't want to be accused of kidnapping the children. Those are still their children, whether it's the man leaving or the woman leaving. And so you want to find a safety place somewhere in town. And as you Thank talk you. about a safety place, keep in mind if this person is volatile, and potentially dangerous, you don't want to put other people in jeopardy. So you don't want to go to a family member's home or to a friend's home. Don't go to the place where they are likely to look because they may come break out windows. They may make threats to the house. And so again, don't put other people in danger. You wanted to be able to say that when he calls that number, you really are not there. So you need to find a different place to be. Sherry, exactly. if you could talk some about the things that people need to know about in terms of how to get help and support if they're going through, because this is not just the physical damage of what's happening when you're there, but it's what they're going to need when they come out. You're absolutely right. Um, so some of the things that the people can do to get help, um, let's say for the woman, um, you know, Lisa covered that pretty well. So um, women just need to be careful, just be really careful to, you know, take the uh, advice that both Dr. Black and Lisa gave. And I'd just like to talk about the men. 
Mm-hmm. The men who use violence and abusive behaviors, I do um, teach uh, a group called Redeemed Battering Intervention Program. And one thing that I am very careful about is the words or the language that I use when I talk about men who use violence and abusive behaviors. I never call them perpetrators. I never call them batterers, assailants, um, because that puts a label on them. You know, it's like people say, once an alcoholic, always an alcoholic. That's not true. So they use violent and abusive behaviors. I am able to give them the tools that they need to help them to be nonviolent, non-abusive, and to be accountable. Mm-hmm. And that it all starts with changing that thought process. Because mm-hmm. if that thought process changes, if they are renewed by the transformed by the renewing of their minds and those thought processes of everything that they are used to that has become their normal. When we show somebody a different way to think first and that there's a different way to live, the results are amazing. Hmm. You know, we talk about transformation, but I'm talking about, I have seen men transfigure in the redeemed battering intervention program because of the environment. It's a safe place. So they're able to come in and talk about their stuff because what happened to that man? If we don't begin to um, start providing safe places for men to be able to come in and say that I was abused, I was sexually yes, abused, yes. and this is what happened to me, and so now I am acting out on those behaviors and because of all of those hurts that went undressed and un- unmet and unaddressed, you know, we're always going to have victims of domestic violence, so we have to be able to help those men mm-hmm. who have made a choice to use violence and abusive behaviors. So those are some of the things they can do. If they want help, they can get help. That's, and that's, that's so good to know. And, and, and again, I want to make sure we caution and let you know that even though we're saying men, it's because the statistics show that more women and children are abused than men, but it does not mean that men are not abused. It's unfortunate, though, that men don't get a chance to report it as often as women do. I mean, how many men are going to the police office, police station and say, I've been abused by this woman or I've been beat down by this woman. And so when we talk about these things that we need to remove, like shame and guilt and fear and helplessness, that's even in men because no man wants to say he's been abused by his woman. You know, and so if there are men who are watching this, please pay attention to other brothers and, and kind of see, you know, man, how is she talking to you? How is she treating you? What's going on at your house? Because you can start to see the impact of that on people's lives. And so again, as we talk about these things you need to know and things you need to do as you prepare, we're talking about the safety plan that you need to have in place. And Lisa mentioned some of the eight things that you need to have as part of that safety plan. We also want to be able to give you the, the 800 number that you can call if you are in trouble. Now, people want to call 911, and, and yes, you can call 911, but I got to tell you, in these situations, that may or may not be the best number to call. So, uh, Sherry, if you can talk some about where people should call and why. Um, so, if you are in a, a situation, you can call the National Domestic Violence Hotline. Mm-hmm. That is 1 800 799 SAFE mm-hmm. or 1 800 799 7233. Also, if I can, I would also let you guys know that I do have a 24-hour helpline as well, mm-hmm. still standing. It's a 313-744-5697. If you, you know, need emotional support, if you just need to talk to someone, um, that line is answered 24-7. Great. Thank you so much for that. And one of the things I think, uh, Sherry, you were talking earlier when we were talking offline, you talked about this pizza concept. 
And I don't know if that's something we want to talk about now, but because uh, again, we don't know who's watching. <laughs> it's very important. I think it's very important, Dr. Black. All right, why don't you go ahead and talk about it, Lisa? <laughs> if you're in a situation where you're being battered and you have not have the freedom to call 911, to- wait, what if what if one of the people, what if, I mean, we don't know who's watching. We don't know who's so watching. We don't want to, yeah, we don't want to tell that. And so if they want to know, they can call um, the Detroit number that I just gave. For yes, ma'am. Yes. And I'll be glad to help with that. Or they can maybe contact you if, you know, you want Absolutely. To and and you're right about that, Shay. You can't tell everything. You can't tell you everything. Know, you don't know who's watching. And the goal yeah, is right. for people to be safe yes, and to get out safely. You know, right. the other thing is... Another thing you should know if you are watching um, is that all of us are available to help you. I mean, you know, my goal is always to provide hope, help, and healing to the watching and listening audience and to be able to provide those tips and tools and resources that will help you. And we know that you will not only need emotional support, but you may need to know about safe houses and places to go. And we, you know, we've been hearing about how all the shelters are full, but there is still a place. All you need is a place for you and your children. So don't worry about people saying, well, there's no place to go. There's a place for you to go. And we, we can help you find that place. And so if you yes. need to know information about where to go or where to get resources, be able to provide food for you and your children, um, whatever you may need, we are available and here to help you. So Lisa, if you can tell people how they can get in touch with you. Um, I'm on Facebook at Lisa R. Lloyd, and you can also find my ministry, my organization, rather, Hidden Treasures Incorporated. Excellent. And Sherry, how can people reach you? Also, Facebook under Still Standing Against Domestic Violence. And again, that 24-hour helpline, 313-744-5697. And you know, I'm Dr. Sabrina Black, and you can find me at the website, drsabrinablack.com, or also on Psychology Today. You know, I, I hope hearing some of this at least made you stop and think about what you might be going through or what others might be going through. I know there's a lot of information we could give, but we only have so much time. And so I really would encourage you to reach out, get help. Please don't suffer in silence. Hope, help, and healing is available. I'm Dr. Sabrina Black, and this is Mental Health Monday. Thanks so much for listening and watching. Please tune in again where we'll talk about other important